lumbering, stalking the dead that inherit the earth. It's Night of the Living Dead. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Not sure if we actually get zombie noises in this one no Alex, you don't but... they're pretty silent actually um, <laughs> but they are very proficient with tools i will say that was a shocking yeah. element that was probably the most shocking thing in the movie for me yeah that was that was a little shocking it was <laughs> welcome back to monsters versus men this is the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airways where two friends try to stay alive by staying connected and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies this week as we try to stay alive we're talking about night of the living dead mm. with me is daughter zombie alex <laughs> hey you're good with tools at least yeah and joined by the woman who just won't walk away from that window where they're grabbing hand where they're grabbing no, that's her unfortunate hair. you just are kind of like ah yeah i want to be taken yeah i mean <laughs> it seemed that way she, she just wanted to get away from her husband man <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't blame her for that one. So, uh, well, let's get into this one because I think we'll have an interesting discussion and there should be plenty to talk about. Yeah. In 1968, George A. Romero directed this week's film, Night of the Living Dead. Little did he know, Monsters vs. Men would be reviewing it 55 years later. A truly remarkable feat. <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> Romero defined, redefined, and shaped an entire subgenre of horror filmmaking. And it all started with undead zombies, referred to as ghouls here in Night of the Living Dead. But does the start to his career mean that this film has the spark? Or did this film miss the mark, even while laying the foundation for, for something potentially greater? Ooh. What do you think, Alex? <laughs> so since i saw this movie uh, i've been maybe dreading the recording a little bit because this is going to put me in hot water <laughs> oh most people i think but i think this movie misses the mark even mm-hmm. while laying the foundation for other films very clearly i think the movie is overall pretty boring I think there's so many logic gaps and conveniences in the plot that it really bothers me. And I think it's filled with grating characters. Some on purpose, some I'm not so sure. Now, the back half of the film absolutely deserves some praise. And I'll talk more about that later. But I do think my somewhat tepid reaction may surprise some people here interesting um yeah what's funny is i think the first half of the film is better than the second half (laughs) of the film uh yeah i i think this film overall hits the mark and has the spark both literal and figuratively uh but it still is probably the foundation for something greater because i do think this film has its flaws Mm. and some of those flaws may just be a personal preference for me 
I think the first 40, 45 minutes of this film are classic. Um, there's really not much dialogue there, and it moves at a quick pace. Romero is relentless in his horror here, especially his music, camera angles, acting, monologues. Barbara's dilemma is highly unsettling as she just has no idea what's going on. That intimate horror with just her may be more terrifying than the climactic horror at the end of the film. But Hmm. maybe that's just me, Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you like those elements. And I think there are some highlights in it that that start off right off the bat with the film. Uh, the guerrilla style style filmmaking here really suits yeah. the film well. I think I saw that it was made for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, which oh, is yeah. remarkable, <laughs> even at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the angles are pretty creative. The music is wonderful. I, I do think the monologues are a little silly. Uh, to me, um, <laughs> but I do I do think that the movie overall <sighs> it's bit <laughs> go for it, Alex. Just say what's on your mind. All man. right. So all this time we spend with this TV and radio broadcast, it is so unnecessary. If we remove, if this film cut out the TV and radio elements completely, I think this movie actually improves all around. There's nothing important in these moments, actually. And actually, I think it not only slows down the pacing for a kind of iffy pace movie already, but I think especially since the last hour is you know, the only portion where I actually felt any sense of horror, to have new... Uh, news broadcasts (laughs) coming in and out during these moments Mm -hmm. while they were really well done because i mean golly these things look super authentic i was pretty impressed by the quality of them Uh and and to to have them interrupt constantly is an issue i think it would have been way scarier to see these things eating our characters without not without being told 15 minutes ago that this was happening Mm. You know, they, they, we don't need to know that they're eating people off screen. I want to see them eat those people that just died. Mm-hmm. Could, because I think it's a case of maybe not having faith in your audience somewhat. But also, I do understand the other perspective of this. That this is the first type of this type of zombie. So yes. it is somewhat hard for me to judge that particular element too harshly. Yeah. But with a modern lens... That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I think it is that modern lens that that might be pushing at you here and grading grading with you mm-hmm. rather. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think if you think about 1968, the TV is such a crucial element for the time, right? And this is a movie that is speaking to its time. Um, movie or, or TV was important. Radio was important. Um, this weird sort of uh, reporting was important. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, though, that I think it goes on too long. Like, I wish we had some of it, but probably not all of it, because it takes away from what's happening in our more intimate story. Like, how much better, Eric, would it have been if we hadn't been told on the TV that when people die, no matter what, they come back? And instead... Their daughter is one. 
when they go to the basement. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I, I, and I think, I think we, we can definitely sense that. I think the idea might have seemed so outlandish and foreign mm-hmm. to a 1968 audience that it, it, you may be right. Like maybe Romero is not trusting its, his audience here. But if you think about the 1968 audience, if that daughter just comes alive and is out of nowhere at the end of the film, you're like, what? what? It, like, you might be thinking, if you are in 1968, you might be thinking, what the heck just happened? That makes zero sense. That's an illogical fallacy. But Eric, right? remember, we have had characters in other zombie movies we've already watched die and come back. Yes, yes. Uh, so I mean, you you may you may be right there, uh, but I I still think the ending has that shock because what you realize there is not the fact that she's come alive. That's not the shocking aspect. No. It's the fact that she's died, right? Um, while he was trying to protect her, so mm-hmm. you know, and all this hubbub that he is going through to try to protect his daughter, his daughter has already died. And now she's back to life, ready to eat him. The shocking aspect for 1968 is the fact that we get a scene where we see her eating his yeah, limbs. Very cool. Pretty intense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the other aspect of the TV and radio is just the scenario that we get. We, we don't have this scenario before. Like like in the zombie movies that we've watched so far in this series, we haven't had a scenario like this one, right? Radiation, it might be a kind of a weird cause for zombies, but at this point, there also isn't the bite infection. We, like we don't sense that, right? It's not like if you get bitten by these zombies, Ooh. you're going to turn into a zombie. It's just if you get killed by these zombies, you're going to get eaten and then you're going to turn into a zombie. Well, the, the, the bite kills the girl though. She does. It? Yeah. She got I, bit. She got bit by one of the things and it's radiation is what kills her. That's right. The radiation from the well, zombie. Yeah. Because they're all infected with this radiation. And so huh. when it bit her, she just kept getting worse and worse afterwards and then died. That's right. That's right. But it's so what I think, though, is just the way that like it's very clear cut how it works. You understand sort of the scenario with the militia in the town, right? It's like, oh, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to get this group of of (laughs) local militia together and we're going to shoot everybody that we see in the head so that we can end this terror where Mm -hmm. it stands. And I think it's kind of silly that they end up thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to kind of settle this affair by morning and everything will be good. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> this is a bigger issue than that. Right. But it's it's funny that they're they're pretty short sighted in how they're going to solve this issue. Um, the fact that the militia also makes some mistakes also feels highly likely to me. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, it's like obvious, like they're going to shoot you, dude. Stay in the cellar. Right, mm-hmm. stay in the cellar and call out, like have verbal affirmation. That's what you need. There's obviously some social commentary in this movie, which is interesting. Some of which is intended, some not so much. Right. But again, it's 1968. The amount of tie-ins that you can make to this movie feel limitless. 
And then there's that choice at the end of the movie, the credits, where uh, we basically get these news-style photographs documenting the personal horror of what we just watched. So we watched a personal story, but the photos and the credits make that story automatically feel less personal, exposing how much of the media we consume and how that does exactly the same thing to real-life stories and real-life tragedies. It's like we're seeing the, the the documentary effect of a more intimate story that we've just witnessed throughout. Yeah, yeah, that is a really interesting bit of commentary there. And there's some interesting things here. I, I was interested, because I, I know that this is a film that's talked about a lot in terms of its commentary. And some of the stuff I read, I'm sure, was probably the intent. But I kind of laughed at it a little bit. Like that it was a commentary on the degradation of America Mm. and it's like, you know, rotting away. But I kind of laughed because I feel like this story is the story of a lot of movies, like things just going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a human nature. (laughs) It's a human nature. So it's like, it's like any piece of media. How much are we reading into something that may not be there? But there's, that's also kind of the joy of doing this, right? How many times have we read into stuff and pulled away our own meaning out of it? So it, that's part of this. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I read that and which I was I, just like, which I think is like, I actually think, but that just tells you something that it is interesting. That's what I said. Some of the ideas here, like the social commentary is intended. Some is unintended. Some is read into but what that tells you is that it's it's tapped into something universal, mm. right? Mm-hmm. There's some universal horror. There's some universal like undercurrent that is in this film, right? Because of something, some aspect to it that that has some resonance with even us as modern audience. Yeah, yeah, and that that's for sure. And there, there's also some other points you made earlier, Eric, that I did want. To- tackle i guess before we moved on and that's you know kind of the scenario the beat by beat plays of the plot those really hit the mark for me i think the Mm. bullet points of the plot are excellent i love the way we have kind of like this false protagonist at the beginning with barbara and then we meet ben and he's the real Uh protagonist i like that he doesn't come in for so long i think that's so cool (laughs) and i think Uh we have but the, the problem is, is that with our characters that we get as they're slowly rolled into the plot, there's just so many odd conveniences. Uh, yeah. You know, characters being places and doing things just to make the situation more scary and not necessarily make any sense at all. Again, yeah. I, I kind of referenced um, oh uh, Helen Cooper earlier where she just stands by this door and lets them grab her over and over and over. Uh And even Uh though you see some of them letting go, she just keeps standing there. And it's like, these moments are things that I can't really forgive. (laughs) Like, I cannot get over something like that. I just can't. And so, and honestly, this is going to be me sometimes with some of these slower zombie movies. I'm just gonna be banging my head on against the table. This is this, this is yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, continue because continue. because I've, I've mentioned it before. I have remarkably low patience for things like this. Uh, so <laughs> we do have a lot of conveniences where people just have to be somewhere. 
um, and they have to do something, even if it doesn't quite make sense for half the story. But like, <laughs> Ben, yeah, Ben, he shoots a gas pump to get a lock on. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) So I get your desperate man, but I don't think blowing up is a great idea. And then that whole sequence where they get in that car. (laughs) They get in that car and it's on fire. I've never seen Alex laugh so much at somebody else's pain. Dude, I was laughing so hard when this whole sequence happened. My jacket's caught. Wow. It was so good. It was so good. I just like that Romero peppers this movie with comedy. <laughs> there is no comedy in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> but but <laughs> I do, I do like the ending of the movie. <laughs> and like you, I'm with you that I could totally see a militia coming out and handling some sort of a local event like this. And being pretty effective, but also being remarkably trigger happy as well. Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. totally see this gross negligence happening, uh, manslaughter easily happening in a situation like this. Oh, yeah. Just because they're all getting trigger happy. They're actually kind of glad this happened because it's kind of what they've yeah, been preparing okay. for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they all have this like awesome excitement. Yeah, about yeah they're, they're pumped, man. Like the chief guy, the commander, he's like so ready for this. He's got like his like, he's got his uh, satchel and he's got, well, he's got his, what is it? that The uh, bandolier? It's a, yeah, the bandolier. Yeah. Like, wh- like, why do you have a bandolier? You live like in Midwest America. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I, 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 that that's like really great stuff. And those are some really cool details that kind of show that sometimes things maybe haven't changed that much. But, no, no. But but I, I do keep kind of going into my negativity, and there are some things that I really do want to highlight that I really do like. I really love the complexity of Ben. This is a really deep character with a lot of wrinkles. He has a somewhat short temper, but not in a detrimental way to himself. It actually kind of helps him make probably good decisions, even if they're not morally right. Like when he has to kind of, when he decides to shoot, um, Harry Cooper. That's Uh, a shocking moment. Yeah, it is. Because he's had enough. And he probably shouldn't have shot him. No. But it may have been the reason he lasted as long as he did. Also. Because this is a character you cannot trust. He has tried to kill Ben. (laughs) Like, he's tried. He's tried to leave him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, he wasn't trying to kill Ben, but he's trying to protect himself by trying to kill Ben. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of get it. You see him punch. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You see him punch um, Barbara. Barbara. And it's yeah. a shocking moment. Ben is not perfect, but he's still our protagonist. 
And we still like him because he's kind of doing what he feels like he has to do to get some sort of control over the situation that is not controllable. Yeah, he he definitely is like, I'm going to do what I need to do to survive. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to try to do it. And he wants to protect everybody. But Mr. Cooper, he took it too far. (laughs) I was shocked when Ben shot him. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Actually, I actually rewound it. I was like, "Did he really just like, shoot that man in like cold blood?" And he did. <laughs> like, yeah, but he had had enough, and he knew he couldn't trust him anymore. And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, maybe good on you." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the horror uh, yeah. on the back half of this, like when we actually get the zombie zombies, and not this old man who just hadn't brushed his teeth for a couple of days. Like when they're eating that burned, cor- those burned corpses in the middle of the night, dude, it's so good. It's yeah. perfect. Like this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, the grotesque horror. The some of them just carrying intestines around. You know, I'm glad these zombies enjoy a cooked meal. You know, <laughs> and I really like the ending here. I think it's a yep. really bold choice and it definitely stands mm-hmm. out even today. Um, yeah. Because of just who kills their main character like that, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, I like the ending. Um, I like the dark horror elements. I like the, the not so dark horror elements, the beginning horror elements, the uh, zombie with, uh, yellow teeth uh wait did you that's did you scary. watch the color version no oh, i didn't okay. i was saying it, i could just imagine right yeah <laughs> he hasn't brushed his teeth in forever so uh <laughs> but no you know my criticism the part that personally doesn't resonate with me as much comes in around the hour mark where the character and the dialogue just makes the characters in the dialogue just makes the film harder to believe. Um, part of this is by design. I believe it's the style of this film. It, it's, it's abrupt. It's, it's harsh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this element of camp here, uh, but the camp doesn't quite work for me because the film is just so serious. The dialogue between Ben and Harry feels especially forced at times. Mm-hmm. And the conflict between the two it doesn't end up feeling authentic to me for whatever reason. It doesn't, it doesn't quite sit right. It might be because of how it's delivered, but it's just like, guys, this is this conflict between the seller and the house is really like it's apples and oranges right here. Right? Like it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like just, if you want to go in the cellar, go in the cellar, right? Like go lock the door. The rest of us will stay up here. Well, like, what is the big deal here? Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, that whole yeah. conflict just seemed a little contrived. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with that said, like you mentioned, I like the fact that we don't get a real hero character here. Ben is set up to be our hero, yes. But he is a, a hero to the full extent. He does kill his fellow human. He lashes out. He deals with anger. He deals in anger. No one is without their flaws in this movie. But we still side with Ben when he's making his case. Because Harry, let's be honest, 
just feels like a jerk. <laughs> and he is. He is. He is, dude. Um, but in the end, what's hilarious to me, what's, what's, what really stands out is that Harry was right. Yeah. Right? Harry was right. The best course was the cellar because the militia was coming. Now, Ben was also dumb because he left the cellar, but his course was right. The cellar was where they needed to be because the zombies couldn't get in there. It was one door, right? Uh, So Harry was right. Ben was wrong the whole time. Yeah, that's an interesting (laughs) point. I didn't even think about that. It it just puts a little wrinkle in in the entire thing uh, that I find pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) On MVM Plus today, I was laughing a little bit earlier, Alex, because you were talking about how zombie movies and the the logic behind zombie movies just always irks you. And we get into how the logic of certain scenes can irk us over on MVM Plus, uh, which is just a funny, it's an interesting discussion, really, like, like how much the logic of a film can really get under your skin. My theory is that it's always there's always something else that that is actually nagging at us. It's it's the tone, maybe right? Like there's something unsettling in the tone. I don't know. That's just my theory. You no. disagree? We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about that on MVM Plus, which is over at Patreon.com forward slash MVM Pod. Uh, we'll talk about that. We talk about Last of Us. We talk about uh, Quantumania. It, I, I like the episode. I think it's a pretty good yeah. one. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and become a bargain base might. But let's go ahead and get into our awards. Alex, who's your compelling character award? Um, well, I, I do think, <laughs> I think there's only two compelling characters in this. And I picked Helen Cooper. I love yeah. her, how she handles someone like Harry. Like she's a pro Harry handler. <laughs> <laughs> she she's got so many <laughs> moments that she's like just kind of saying things to him that are just like these light jabs. I'm gonna go ahead and give my most memorable line award away because it's essential okay. for why I like this character. Go for you know, it. You know, he, uh, Harry's like getting all upset. He can't make a decision. He's just mad about everything. And she says, "We may not enjoy living together, but by dying together isn't going to solve anything." <laughs> That is good. Yeah. Uh, you may choose the Harry Handler. I allow you, Alex. I will choose Ben uh, for really the reason I just mentioned above. Like, there's a complex character right there who's got layers. Mm-hmm. And, and you you understand where he's coming from. And yet you're also like, why'd you just do that? <laughs> it makes no sense. But it's his passion, right? It's his gravitas that, that makes you sort of lean towards him even though he isn't that perfect hero character. Mm-hmm. He is a flawed character. And the ending just makes it so memorable to go back to that sort of docu- documentary um, news segment sort of feel. Like, guess what? Nobody, like if we hadn't seen this movie and we just saw a picture of Ben, we'd just assume, right, the worst. He was undead. No one ever knows that he wasn't an undead. No one's living to tell his story. Mm. Uh, he is just another photo in the real, right? Yeah. That's what he is at the end of the film. Um, and yet he's really the character that we relate to the most in a oh, lot of ways. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Ugh. 
Ben's great. Eh, Eric, what about your most memorable line? I've already given mine away. Uh, my most memorable line comes from the beginning of the film, and it's from Johnny R.I.P. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> I I actually love I love that opening sequence. Yeah, I, I liked uh, him. It's well, he's such a he he's is so such annoying. A, he's so annoying. <laughs> Right, like he's you're so like he, they're setting him up, right? Yeah. Just, he's so annoyed, and he's not a good guy, right? He is a jerk. Except just for like he Barry. does step in to help his sister when she's in trouble. He does, yeah, he does, he does, right? Which is just it's interesting. This whole movie it, again, it has that underlying sort of. It's not preachy. It's like, uh, like this is kind of human life. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely not preachy, and it gets high marks it, for that. Yeah, it's not. It's not like trying to like. You can't, there's no easy answers here, so I, I appreciate that about it. Johnny is no exception, and that line, "They're coming to get you, Barbara," always gets me. <laughs> uh, can't believe the acting award. Who'd you have? Well, if you're gonna have been for the compelling character, then I had to have been for. Can't believe that acting. That's Dwayne Jones as Ben. What a yeah. great performance here. He does a yeah. great job. I, I was I, I think the performances for the most part are pretty good. Um, it's more of the directorial choices that I probably have problems with in terms of huh. where to put our characters and for how long to have them somewhere. Um, <laughs> but our characters overall are pretty good. And Ben is a, just a remarkable standout. And there's a reason why he is an iconic horror movie character. Um, and he does, oh, yeah. he does kind of like we talked about with Ellen Ripley. There is, he has faults and that's what makes him great and interesting. And people want to talk about him because they want to break down these elements of the character. That's yeah. how you make great yeah. characters. They have to have faults. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that we've talked about. This modern storytelling seems to not quite understand as much. Yeah, yeah. and Some, so yeah, it's true. And so I, I just I do love that about him, and he just does such a great job with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what about you? No, he's he, that's a great choice. That's that's a great choice. Um, I, I chose Judith O'Dea, um, who plays Barbara. She has the greatest like thousand yard stare, uh, and, and, and honestly, both both Dwayne Jones and Judith Odea's um, monologues at the beginning. I know you said you had some problems with. The, I I found both of them pretty compelling in, in their monologues. With her in particular, trying to c- come to grips with this trauma that she's just experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a whole other aspect is, is her character and, and how she's trying to, she has that personal connection to, she's seen this happen um, on a personal level. Whereas someone like uh, Judy, the character is still thinking to herself like, Oh, I've got to call my parents because they're going to be waiting for me in Willard. Right. Mm. Where the reality is her parents are probably dead. Right. Um, <laughs> they're probably zombies themselves. But she hasn't witnessed this firsthand, so she's still smiling in this scenario, even though it makes no sense to smile in this scenario. Yeah, 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 absolutely. She doesn't – I think we have different feelings about her. Um, 
<laughs> about oh about uh, her performance. Yeah, yeah, uh, we did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was the character that drove me the most nuts. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, mine goes to uh, the fourth meal scene. And that's when they're all eating in the dark. They're all eating the pieces yeah. of our characters in the dark. So that those fourth nice. meal shots are all great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, our random naked zombies. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, we start peppering those out at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they come in. There was one pretty early on. I was like, whoa. That I is, may have missed that, that one. Is, so the first one I, I saw that was naked. The first one I noticed was naked was there was a female zombie from behind. And then, then I started noticing all the naked zombies. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like that uh, that meme where there's the two astronauts, and one's looking at the moon. And it's like, I was like, are there naked zombies? And you're behind me with a gun, and you're like, they were naked the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, my oh, that's a good shot. Award is it goes back to that first scene. I, I think that that first scene is is really interesting. And we get that zombie shot from far away right it's a long shot of the zombie and it doesn't look like a zombie it just looks like a guy ambling through a graveyard oh yeah right uh it doesn't you're like it's so unassuming i love it and yet we know as an audience member we're like uh there's something not quite right there um but they just kind of brush it off because why would you assume any differently uh, except we know that this is the start of something pretty terrible. And so we get another shot of like that zombie in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't run. It just ambles, right? right. It's, it's just getting there. Uh, and eventually it does. But I, I love that initial shot of um, it lurking in the background. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's so good. It's so good. It's like you said. When you're, if you're watching this movie and you don't really quite know like what all's in it, you would just not even notice. You just yeah, think that was an yeah. extra just walking in the background. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Uh, unique award? Would you have Alex? Uh, I had the biggest laugh award, and, and uh, I already, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I already gave. You've it already away. given that and away. And that's when the, the truck explodes on fire. <laughs> it eventually explodes. Oh man, Alex. There, there was another it wasn't one. supposed to be a funny scene, but <laughs> it was. Jacket. My award goes hand in yeah. hand, and it's the worst jacket dilemma ever. Uh, and that does go to Judy. What was her um, jacket stuck on? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe she stuck it. Maybe she closed it in the in door. The door. Um, that's all I can think of. Like, poor, poor Judy. Like all you had to do was not have a jacket stuck, and you guys would have got out of there. Yeah, yeah. At least momentarily. There, there, there's another good one, um, where Ben is like bearing his soul in a monologue to Barbara, and then yeah. it feels like he's giving Barbara an opportunity to bear her soul. And yeah. She starts doing it, and he gets so mad at her. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. Again, again. Actually, like I think that I don't know. I like that. Uh, it just goes to his character. He's he's a complex character. Not not the best hero in all in all circumstances. <laughs> no, he wants to do the right no, thing, but, but but he means well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool, man. Well, final thoughts and tiered rating. Uh, uh, we'll start with you okay. this time. 
Yeah, I, I think that this definitely has elements uh, that I'm glad carried over into the zombie genre. There, it, It's really cool to see the origins of what we see as zombies all the time. That being said, I don't love this movie. Um, I really only kind of like it because you and me have talked about it. Um, and for its importance in the genre. Uh, I think most of its characters are okay. I do think if the pacing is rather poor, I actually, I do think even probably for the time, Romero, Romero may not have had enough faith in his audience. Um, and I just have a hard time swallowing some of our characters there's horror logic in a lot of horror movies where they just do something stupid, but it's like they try to go do something stupid and that's the problem. And so I, this is a gamma tier. This, if plan nine wasn't something that we've watched, this would be my worst zombie movie so far. Mm. Um, it's a real, it, since we've talked about it, it's moved up a bit. Yeah. But is this still, probably a medium lower camera tier for me because I have enjoyed our other movies much more except for plan nine. Yeah. What about you? And I, and I do, I do always wonder uh, about our expectations going into these films, mm-hmm. right. And just kind of the preconceived notions well, about them. Um, the, one of the things though, Eric, is I wonder if this is, I'm criticizing this harsher because yeah. I'm seeing what came before it and it's yeah. better. Mm. to me potentially yeah potentially um i i i rate this film higher than you do uh i i do believe though i i I won't say i'll give it a godzilla tier just because there are a couple things that frustrate me about it um it's very close i mean this it's it's is right on that borderline between gamera and godzilla uh it's like a four out of five star and most four stars I give a Godzilla tier two. So maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but there is something universal in this film that I think taps at something pretty, um, pretty base, I guess I would say yeah. about what it means to be human, right? It's tapping into some sort of guttural fear. Uh, and there's a lot of that, like starting right from the beginning, Barbara's, uh, sort of that intimate feel with her just being chased by one zombie is scary like that. Like that's kind of a terrifying scenario because she has no idea what's going on. And then as, as the fear mounts and we get more and more characters, it, the stakes just increase. Uh, it's just, it lays the foundation for zombie films that I think we're about to watch as well. Um, the ending is bold and unexpected um Mm -hmm. it's it's like the mist without the manipulation (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like the emotional manipulation and so i appreciate the bold ending um because we can see where even though we relate to ben we can also see where ben has flaws and some of ben's flaws and maybe his slight overconfidence in himself and his abilities 
end up in his demise at the end. And while we hate that for him, we're like, I could kind of see that coming, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you know what's happening. You're like, you can't believe that it's going to happen. But as soon as he leaves that cellar, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. At least I, I feel like yeah, it. you're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Right. Like they, they set it up. You're like, ah. Uh. So there's, there's so much in this film. And I think the fact that we can have kind of a, a debate and a discussion like this mm-hmm. about this film points to something about this film and why it lasts and stands the test of time to some extent. Um, yes, there are some logical issues, but I feel like if we're going to do a zombie series, Alex, this isn't going to be the last of our logical issues. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I doubt they will be this egregious. <laughs> Well, we we shall see. Next week, Alex, we'll follow uh, this week's film up with Dawn of the Dead um, from the 1970s. So we're moving from the 60s in our Zombies Through the Decades into the 70s. We will do Dawn of the Dead, and then we'll have an audience choice 1970s Zombies film to follow. But Dawn of the Dead, Alex, um, does it follow... Night of the Living Dead's thread, or will it tread new waters in its stead? Ooh, yeah. I hope when we see the dead at dawn, <clears throat> will do you think that we'll find, or that the movie will be nothing more than a pawn? Mm, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Either way. Uh, I'm interested to see how this actually does evolve uh, Romero's films. I had seen Night of the Living. This is my second time watching this one, actually. Um, But I have not seen the next one. So I'm excited to see how kind of his filmography evolves as we look at the series. I mean, heck, we've got this entire Romero era named off of this guy. So hopefully there's something to it. (laughs) I sure hope so. Uh, as always thank you for listening to monsters versus men you can leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com follow us and message us on twitter and instagram at mvm underscore pod become a bargain base by at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content if you can't join it this time a review or share always helps Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basir, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Common Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which formed Cell Block B. Louis Loop, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, as always, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't get your jacket caught. Very true. <laughs> and, and try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. (laughs) He's almost got out of the car. My jacket's gone. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Poor, poor guy. Uh... <laughs>